okay, I think I figured out the American League West. I think, I really think I, oh God, what the hell is happening now? You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ball fans and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. How can I get that? Says Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is we're wrapping up my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On. MLB pods on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now and Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully baseball on that mysterious Twitter feed. Uh, Sully baseball podcast and Instagram. Please help us achieve our goal of getting 1 billion subscribers by the end of the week. Um, we're, we're getting there. We're several hundred million short. Hey, for those of you who are watching us on the YouTubes, you will see that I am not alone. Much like the Close Encounters of the Third Kind claim, we are not alone. I am not alone on the show with me. Again, a lot faster. You've, you've returned a lot faster. I thought you are going to be on a return, an unexpectedly quick return guest. Uh, mystery guest, sign in, please. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked on Rangers podcast. Yeah, I thought I was going to be shrinking away and, and never wanting to talk about my Rangers on a national show again. But here we are, a team that we both have always believed in very fervently yes, from the beginning absolutely. of the season. Um, yes, I, definitely I, yes. no doubt as, as recently as five days ago. Well, you know, no one has been screaming from the top of the hills about my belief in the Texas Rangers from the opening day. Uh, right up until a few weeks ago, where I had one of my most downloaded videos, of which the uh, thumbnail had the headline "Texas Foldem." Um, when uh, they for- they didn't realize the games against the Astros counted, and uh, it was uh, it was an absolute butt whipping. Uh, a recent surge by the Texas Rangers, mixed with a stubbing of the toe by the Seattle Mariners and an inexplicable series loss in Houston to Oakland. Wait, they're, they're in, they're in Houston, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, all with fewer with, than with, 20 games less to play with Fromber Valdez and Justin Verlander on the mound. Yeah. Mind you. And Valdechuk, uh, who I think is one well, of the characters. Waldechuk. Oh, Waldechuk. He was in the Frankie Montas trade. And also one of the characters of what we do in the shadows. And he threw six no-hit innings out of the bullpen. I can't figure it out. Neither can you. Hey, before we cannonball right into the AOS, we have a couple of pieces of business to uh, get into. My trivia question from the other day was, which former Rookie of the Year was the first person to ever manage the Seattle Mariners to a winning record in a season. And I got several people guessing former rookie of the year and the person who led them to the postseason, Lou Pinella. But alas, I tripped you up on that question. And uh, a couple of people got it right, including John Murphy Jr. and Court Stell and Mark Fahey. My, my Craig Brindle 
uh, who guesses all the time and almost is almost always right in the trivia. Yeah, got this one wrong, buddy. You guessed Lou Pinella, but uh, John Murphy Jr., uh, Court Stell, Mark Fahey, and a couple other people all guessed the correct answer was Jim Lefevre. Jim Lefevre, former Dodger Rookie of the Year from the 65 World Series champ, was part of Tony LaRusso's, was a Tony LaRusso lieutenant. Took over, was Ken Griffey Jr.'s first manager in 1989. They handed out shirts at spring training. says, I'm a Lefevre believer with a VRE spelling. And in uh, 1991, led the Seattle Mariners to their first ever winning record. They had been around since 1977, had tons of talented players, but couldn't get above 500 until 1991. He was rewarded for his effort by being fired. That's baseball. Um, but there you go. Also, what's base, what wasn't baseball was what the Boston Red Sox uh, did today. Uh, they stranded 43 runners today. 43 runners in nine is, innings. Is that an exaggeration? Yes, because that's not mathematically I, I it, possible. I thought, was, I thought it was between the two. They had a doubleheader. They so did I have a doubleheader, like, so maybe I, I should have like, made that clear. Uh, every inning was runners on first and second, nobody out. Running, like, and the Red Sox played such an idiotic brand of baseball. They had Rodon on the ropes. Rodon let up one run in like five or six innings and struck out, I think, 48 batters in those five innings. And actually, it was 76 batters. Oh, 70, and the same number of trombones in the Music Man. And the fact of the matter is, here, I totally saw that from Jimmy Pardo. I, I uh, copyright Jimmy Pardo, never not been funny. Um, the fact of the matter is, is the Red Sox played as stupid a game as I've ever seen. How many times do I have to see, okay, runners on second, nobody out, swing and a miss. Like, how many times? Put the ball in play. And then the, the Red Sox had the bases loaded, one out, a base hit would have won the game, a walk would have tied the game. Clay Holmes was throwing the ball all over creation. First pitch swinging, double play. God forbid you let him throw you a strike. You know, I understand there's a lot of advanced metrics that say things like don't bunt, don't give yourself up. I understand that. But it's when you're having a hard time scoring runs and you have a runner on second base and nobody out, don't you want to, I don't know, put the ball in play? Because one way you're not going to score a run, and I, and I figured this out, and if I had the metrics to show it, is striking out. Whiff, 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 whiff. Put the freaking ball in play. So they're, they're, they're now tied with the Yankees. And I know the games don't mean anything, but it's like, and basically there were two minor league teams wearing Red Sox and Yankee uniforms. They are number 87 versus number 83. Speaking of minor leaguers and guys with weird numbers, I do want to give a shout out to Sedan Rafaela, a top young rookie prospect who did have his first home run in the game. And uh, it was off of Carlos Rodon. But, was the only way the Red up. Sox can score is if they hit it out of the ballpark. Because if you're asking someone, you'd have runner in third, nobody out, and the pitcher is, throws it into the dirt five times in a row, and somehow they can't figure out a way to score. Okay, enough about that. Uh, we did the trivia question. Let's talk about a little bit about the West. Uh, we're going to talk real specifically about the Rangers in segment two, but it wasn't that long ago that the Rangers were on the Outside looking in, after it looked like there would be a 98-win team, they had the absolute cataclysmic collapse, which I know I don't have to remind you of. And just a week or so, I was like, we were all singing taps, 
You know, we were all saying, you know, this Me is too. it. What a disaster. I was comparing this to the 2011 Red Sox. Then, you know, before, you know, before you can even have any idea what's going on, the Rangers are on this wild winning streak. But more importantly, the two teams they're chasing are losing games stupidly. They're losing games at extra inning at home. They're losing teams to the A's at home. The A's are now past the Royals because of how they're beating the snot out of the freaking Astros. What Before we start heaping praise on the Rangers, this comeback by the Rangers also is imperative that they have the two teams in front of them failing. What is going on here with these two teams that are that the Rangers are chasing and very well may catch? Well, with with the Astros, I I have no idea. I thought once the Astros went on that tear, I mean, we all saw how that was the worst beatdown in a three game series, like maybe ever. Like it was just it could not have gone any worse for the Rangers and the Mariners are, for are, for a series that important. For a exactly. series that important, yes, it's right up there. Yeah, well, like the historic numbers of like the amount of runs given up, the amount of home runs given up. I mean, Jose Altuve hit like I think literally six home runs in a three game series against the Rangers, like by himself. And they averaged five and a third home runs given up per game. Yeah, it was bad. And the Mariners, their offense really struggled at times getting runners in when they had runners in scoring position. And the same thing that you were complaining about the Red Sox and and the Mariners team, they had some real struggles with bases loaded situations, especially bases loaded, no outs. They had a bases loaded, no out situation in the bottom of the ninth inning in that extra inning game that they lost to the angels. I was yeah. watching very closely. They had bases loaded, no outs in a game where the angels should have taken the lead multiple different times. They had a runner on second base or on third base who didn't tag up and then just a play that it should have scored the go ahead run. And the Mariners just could not get it done. The last couple of weeks, while the Rangers were free falling like into the abyss, the Mariners have been struggling for not just this week, but a week before that as well. They've got a really tough go of a lot of games, 13 games in a row, including a road trip to Cincinnati against the Rays, where they lost three out of four. I mean, there's no shame in losing three out of four in the drop. Everybody does that. But dropping that one last night to the Angels, that felt like just an absolute just gut punch for this Mariners squad that is supremely talented, but they have a lot of really great young starting pitchers, but they're coming to their innings limits. They are, you know, kind of coming up against it and their bullpen, which is incredibly good. And I would kill to have the Mariners bullpen, even their bullpen that I thought was maybe the best in baseball heading into the season is really giving up some just real bad leads. Well, remember, the, the Mariners had the greatest month in their history in August. They, they won 21 out of 27 games in August. And they went 17 and 9 in July. So it's like, oh, they're on a roll. Uh, now, right now, as we're recording this, Seattle has an 8 nothing lead over the Angels. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Mariners have a decent chance of holding on to that lead. Uh, if they do hold on to that lead... Do you know what the record in September will be? It's not good, is it? Four and eight. Four and eight. They'll have lost if if they even if they hold on to this lead and this this is going to be an old fashioned thrashing. They still will have lost twice as many games as they have won. And and you know there was an extra inning loss last night. There was they had two walk off losses as you mentioned, one to Cincinnati. And one in the, the walk-off home run by one of the Diaz. Ones in Cincinnati, they were up, what was it, five to nothing at yeah. one point? 
Yeah. And they ended up losing six to seven. They lost the series to the Mets, who have stopped trying. They lost the series to Cincy. They lost the series to um, Tampa. Um, now, it looks like they're, gonna, they're going to win this game. But if they lose tomorrow afternoon, then they will have lost the series to the Angels. And, oh, look who they're playing after that. Los Angeles, the Dodgers. I mean... This is this is a brutal gauntlet. And then after that, they're playing the A's, who, as we've seen, could be the best team in baseball. And after that, it's nothing but Rangers Astros after that. So they've got a little bit of a gauntlet. The, 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 the assumption that the Mariners are in the postseason, uh, don't assume that. Yeah, no, and I was losing my mind, losing one game to the A's, because going into that that series you had the day off after those three games but the rangers went into that series against houston having won on a walk-off home run by adolis garcia just the most cathartic walk-off home run i think i might have ever seen the guy was in a really rough way and he needed that home run as bad as anybody and you get that walk-off home run and you have that back and forth battle in the first game the rangers weren't just completely throttled in the first game they were they were in it. They kept battling back and battling back. And Corey Seager had a multi-home run game. He's been incredible. Um, but the bullpen just completely blew it open. And then they got their doors blown off in the second game. And then big Scherzer Verlander, that's the matchup. And then Scherzer just got his teeth kicked in. Um, and Verlander was really good. And you go into that weekend series against the A's. Like, all right, you can get right here. But you really, the Raiders hadn't swept the A's all season. They'd won every single series against the A's, but they had never swept them. And you think, okay, this is the time you have to do it. And then Evan Carter comes up, makes his big league debut on Friday, all excited. You got Jordan Montgomery on the hill. He's one of your better starters. And the Rangers bullpen blows it. Actually, it was, it was more of a Jordan Montgomery kind of blowing it in that one. But the Rangers lose that first game. You're on a four-game losing streak. You're three games out of the AOS. You think, oh, dear God, there is no way anyone's writing the ship. Even Bruce Bochy, even, I don't know, even, even literally Bruce Bochy, who's the greatest manager in the last, 10 years in major league baseball. He, even he can't write this ship surely. And then here they are on a four game winning streak with the hot mess that has been the Mariners and Astros in the last couple of days. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. If you're an NFL fan, if you are living in the Dallas area, you're one of those Cowboys fans nationally that believe this is your year if you're ready to be heard again and to put your money where your mouth is then go to fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season with an offer you won't want to miss fanduel official partner of the nfl all right well you, we're here with bryce paddock of locked on rangers i'm sully from locked on mlb we're doing what's known in the industry as a crossover i need to just reiterate the fact that you have to give the rangers a ton of credit because if they had folded up the way that – remember a couple of years ago when you went in September and the Mets and the Padres had winning records going into September and were playoff contenders. Now, it helped the fact that St. Louis went on a wild winning streak that secured one of the wild card spots. But 
the Padres and the Mets started to slump, and then they had disastrous Septembers to the point where they both finished five hundred under five hundred. I don't think anyone would have blamed or could have, would have been stunned if that would have been the the fate of the Texas Rangers this year. Um, you know, we've talked about how just dreadful uh, the Seattle has played recently, and how stupid the the Astros have played recently. The, the Rangers going on a four-game winning streak at this point uh, is exactly what the doctor ordered. And w- what has been the biggest factors of the turnaround of the last week or so? Really, it's the offense. I mean, this offense was the best in baseball for the first two months of the season until the Braves. The Braves were kind of like lollygagging around the first couple of months of the season. I mean, Ronald Cunha Jr. was being amazing, but the rest of their offense and Austin Riley and Matt Olson and, and everybody else wasn't quite up to speed of what they've been doing. I mean, Michael Harris was just, he was just in a really rough way for the first couple of months. And then literally everybody in their entire offense just became the best versions of themselves and stayed that for basically the rest of the season while the Rangers came back down to earth. But this offense, when it was at its best, it was full of deep, a very deep lineup of everybody in there is going to give you a quality at bat. It's going to work deep counts. It's not going to be a lineup full of everybody's going to hit 40 home runs, but it was, everybody's going to give you a really quality at bat and everybody is going to, you know, do their best to pass the baton and trust the guy behind them. The Rangers had five all-stars in their lineup. And, you know, for the last couple of months, they've been without basically their four, five, and six hole hitters for the entire season. Josh Young's injury was kind of where everything started going awry. It was at the end of an eight game winning streak um, or in the middle of an eight game winning streak in early August. People forget that the Rangers were one of the best teams in baseball in early August. They had an eight game winning streak. They won 12 out of their first, actually, I think it was 14 out of their first 16 games in the month. And then they had injuries to Jonah Heim. They, had Adoles Garcia just not quite being the same version of himself, Jonah Heim not being the same version of himself whenever he got off the I.O. And then they had this injury to Adoles Garcia again. The Rangers had six All-Stars this year, and they have had five of them sustain major injuries. Corey Seager is going to miss what I think he might end up playing if he plays every other every single game until the end of the season, 118 games on the year. And he is a guy who probably might finish second or third in MVP voting. Marcus Simeon is the only one who hasn't had a major injury. And we'll see if Adoles Garcia even gets back at the end of the year. And that's not even counting the injury to Jacob DeGrom. And we'll see what happens with Max Scherzer and this most recent injury. We're going to have an MRI on him tomorrow. A tricep strain um, is right. Excuse me. Right tricep spasm is what Max Scherzer left this game with. Um, So, he had had some some issues before. He had some a forearm thing that he was dealing with the last couple of starts. He left a game against Minnesota where he had six shutout innings with just one hit and the Rangers bullpen. Um, surprise, surprise, they blew that game and lost it. And then the game where he got shellacked by Houston, he was still dealing with that same thing. He wasn't going to use that as an excuse. He's like, everybody's dealing with crap this time of year. So, But long story short, the Rangers got their top prospect, Evan Carter, in the lineup, hitting ninth pretty much every game that there's a righty on the mound. And while he is not Adoles Garcia, he is not going to hit what would have been, who's on pace for a 40 bomb season. Um, he's going to give you really quality at bats. And he is just 21 years old and he only has eight games in triple a, and he only has one season plus six games last year in double a. 
but the kid is so incredibly advanced beyond his years. He's 21 years old talking to him. You think this guy's like 30. I mean, he's already married. Like he already like just has his life together so much more at 21 than I did, which is almost more impressive than how good he is at baseball. I've found that's a pretty low bar to have your life more together at 21 than you. I was uh, fine. Way, <laughs> okay. I was a mess. Um, <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, you just rattle off all those injuries that they've had to their all-stars, to their their ace, Jacob deGrom. Uh, quick note to the Super Halo brothers who have been uh, on me for not for being too harsh on the Angels for having, a, what, seven straight losing seasons, that this one was clearly a fluke because of the injuries they had. Um, it's funny how other teams can have injuries and still stay above 500. And the Astros, too. I mean, the Astros don't feel bad for the Rangers at all. I mean, they don't feel bad even the slightest bit. And even even the Mariners, I mean, they've been pretty lucky with injuries, honestly, outside of the Kelnick stupid foot-kicking injury. But they lost Robbie Ray, who was a Cy Young winner. I mean, he pitched, what, like a month this year? No, but but only the Angels have really had bad injury issues i mean so I mean, let's just let them they've, I mean, they've got it hard enough so they leave, leave them out of those poor guys i know they're practically the only team in the aos we're not going to bring up today because we've been brought up the a's and how well they're playing the only time we brought them up is bringing up how badly the mariners are taken to the woodshed this evening um yeah so i i have to be honest with you though whenever i hear anything like um you know uh such and such felt a mm-hmm teensy weensy mild discomfort in his arm today and then we find out the next day that they're biting down on a piece of wood they have to saw his arm off i mean it's like i mean it's all of a sudden you're at a a civil war infirmary where they they just drink some brandy or go through faster son well you I know mean, i mean it's after the like, last start for sure i'm I'm honestly just like glad that he made this start because after the last one, I thought like, oh, he's dealing with a forearm thing. It's going to be Tommy Johnny is going to retire. Just like punt this franchise into the sun next year's screwed too. Like it was, it was uh Def Grom. What was it? Five, one. Yeah. One <laughs> we were at, even though Def Grom, uh, we, we retired that system with Jacob Grom having uh, the Tommy John surgery in May or June, whenever the heck it was. It's been such a long year, man. It has been. Okay, let's talk a little bit about our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains, they're fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign aid, they may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. And guess what? It can be done online all right people may be in situations where they're cut off from the doctors they're cut off from the medications they need and they can't get appointments for days well with all the barriers in front of you jace medical creates your solutions go online fill out a form then you can get prescription life-saving medication delivered right to your door the jace case gives you peace of mind so that you not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com.
All right, we're here our final segment with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. So Bryce, um, you know the 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 last couple of weeks of the the last what 11, 12 games of the year are it's just going to be banana boats in the uh, in the American League West. I mean, I mentioned the fact that the Seattle Mariners have uh, seven games left head to head with the Texas Rangers. And there's, you know, the Mariners have uh, games head to head with uh, Houston, and who else? Yeah, the, what their, are the, last, what are... their last ten, their last ten games, seven of the last ten games are against the Rangers. Oh, and the middle three in between those two series with the Rangers, uh, that's against Houston. Yeah, like, and who else? Does, who else does Texas play down the stretch? So Texas has Cleveland coming up this weekend, and then mm-hmm. they have a series against. Um, you're putting me on the spot. Just a second. They've got. Um, I forgot who it is. I think I think they're done with all of their um their easy series. Um, but they've got I know Cleveland's next. Oh, and don't then, call uh, anyone Boston. easy. The Astros, the Astros circled yeah. the A's right. on the schedule. Okay, so it's it's this four game series in Toronto, three games at Cleveland, then three games at home against the Red Sox, then seven of the last ten are against the Mariners. So you know, the 22nd through the 24th, that's at home against Seattle, then three games in Anaheim, and then they finish the season with four games in Seattle. So, well, I think this series coming up against Toronto is 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 absolutely crucial for the Rangers when you consider their just to to just to punch a postseason ticket. I mean, with this of, win, they they took the season series tiebreaker. Like they right. won two out of three in their last. And their last series against Toronto, which in case people have forgotten or weren't paying attention, that that series was Father's Day weekend. And one of the wildest games that the Rangers had won. I mean, John Gray was he had skipped a start because he had been dealing with. I think that was one of the games where he had gotten like one hundred and fourteen or whatever mile an hour liner off his leg, skipped a start, came back and just was not the same. Didn't end end up having to spend any time on the IL, but he pitched like an inning and a third and gave up like seven or eight runs. And the Rangers came back and won that game to win the series. And now because of that, and because of these two wins, they have the tiebreaker against the Blue Jays, which might end up being very important. Well, my advice is just win the games outright. You don't have to worry about the tiebreaker. Just finish with a better record than them. Because, you know, the in many ways, the Rangers have bigger fish to fry. Because as of this recording, thanks to the Oakland A's suddenly thinking that Reggie Jackson has showed up again, the Rangers are not only only one game back in the standings, they're tied in the loss column at this point. So, you know, you could say in some ways they've caught them. And, you know, the, the Astros have played two more games. And they've won those two. But you can add wins. You can't take away losses. Well, so, I, w- I will unfortunately push back because the Rangers have lost the season series to the Astros. Unfortunately, the only way they could have done that, it's really it's really unfortunate because a lot of the games the Rangers lost to the Astros. There was a series in Houston um, that was back in, I believe it was either late July, early August, where the Rangers just outplayed Houston in all three of the games, but they lost two one-run games, and then they clobbered him in the series finale. But they needed to sweep that series last week against the Astros to have the season series win and the first silver boot series win since I believe 2016. Um, but we all know how that wins. Well, and also bring this up. I brought this up every single year 
Don't lose those dumb games at the beginning of the year. You're, everyone's going to lose games. Obviously, it's a 162 game season. You're going to every the best teams in baseball are going to lose 60 something games. But don't lose those dumb games because those are the ones when you start looking back, just what you did right now. When you're looking back and say, "Oh God," like April, May, June, July, August, September. If you take away one dumb loss every month. You can tax six games on your win column. You're going to lose games. You'll be outpitched sometimes. Some days you just won't have it. But if you go, oh, we could have, we had to, if only we did it. Avoid those games all year long. Don't play dumb. It's, you know, we're looking at how tight, you know, like one game in the loss column is going to separate the Astros, the Rangers, and the Mariners. And if you start winning some of those games earlier, you don't have to worry about tiebreakers. Oh, it drives me crazy when I was like, ah, you know, it doesn't matter. It's early. The they Rangers all count. Well, the Rangers did a good job of winning early because they won five out of their first six against the Mariners. And so I think they would have to win two or maybe three of those seven games against the Mariners to get the season tiebreaker. And that series against against Seattle. It was one of my favorite seasons, honestly. But it was in early June. It was when the Rangers were just at the peak of their power. And they just absolutely obliterated the Mariners in three games in Arlington. And there was a column written, I believe it was in the Seattle Times, about how the the Mariners, basically just saying, the Mariners have no chance in the AOS. The Rangers are just way better than them. And they're going to run away with, with it. So, like, maybe you hope for a wild card. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, no. The Mariners are about to go on one of those just insanely hot runs again. Why'd you write that? Please. Please take it back. And, you know, here we are in September and they did go on that run. And while the AOS might end up being out of reach, unfortunately, it's not the Rangers who have run away with it. The Astros got a little bit of a lead and um, we'll see if if the Mariners can do the Rangers some favors, beat up on the Astros in the season or in the last series that they have left against them. And maybe after all, the Rangers can win their first AOS title since 2016. Honestly, with the way it was about a week ago, I was hoping for just a winning record. And now I'm getting greedy, man. I want, I want it all. This is the time to get greedy. It's fewer than 20 games to go. Well, Bryce Fire, before we wrap up here, let's ask our trivia question in honor of you. Uh, I have made it a Rangers centric trivia question. Now I mentioned before that the Rangers got won their first ever postseason game uh, in their first ever postseason appearance in 1996. They won game one with a comp- of the division series with a complete game effort from John Burkett. Now, it took a while for the Rangers to win a postseason game after that, and it took even longer to get a home win in the postseason. However, who was the first person ever to record a postseason save for the Texas Rangers? What pitcher came out of the bullpen and recorded the first ever save in Texas Rangers postseason history? That's the trivia question. Put it down here in the YouTube comments. Put it at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, or you can put it at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Bryce Patrick, tell people where they can listen to your show. I can tell you the wrong guy. It's not going to be a role this chat, but the goddamn first save. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh goodness you can find me on twitter or x or whatever at bryce patrick you can find locked on rangers wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube hit that subscribe button we are also several hundred million subscribers short of a billion we're also going i don't i don't know if we'll beat you silly but we're well that's it's going to be a, a race for the ages that's true that's true you can follow us at locked on with pods and all the places i mentioned earlier whether you're on twitter or on instagram talking about the always reliable Always predictable, never let you down, Texas Rangers with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. This has been a Locked On Rangers, Locked On MLB crossover. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.